It might have been in Club Justine or Jimbo's or Sad Jack's or the Rafters. Coretti could never be sure where he'd first seen her. At any time, she might have been in any one of those bars. She swam through the submarine half-life of bottles and glassware in the slow swirl of cigarette smoke. She moved through her natural element, one bar after another. These are the opening lines to The Belonging Kind, a short science fiction story by William Gibson and John Shirley, and it's in these lines that they set the scene for a chance encounter between Michael Coretti, a professor of linguistics, and Antoinette, the girl in the satin green dress. We enter the backdoor lounge through an alley whose narrow walls crawled with graffiti and cage lights ticked with moths, give way to a space where many a bar has come and gone before, under this management or that management. There sits Coretti, a strange and uncomfortable fellow whose sense of fashion is as sporadic and uneasy as his ability to hold a conversation. Yet he attempts to do just this all the same, asking to buy this mystery stranger at the bar a drink. It's in his attempts to flirt with this Antoinette that he notices just how stilted and insecure her own responses to his questions are, mirroring his own agonizing stiffness. But as she begins to conversate with another, a Midwestern cowgirl who bellies up to the bar with bravado and confidence, her speech changes, matching the cowgirl's twang and swagger effortlessly. Coretti is in awe at this woman, this conversational chameleon, considering her to perhaps be a talented mimic or an actress or something else entirely. But before he can quite pin her down, she politely thanks him for the drink and leaves the bar, as many have done to Coretti before. Coretti proceeds to follow her down 3rd Avenue. He had never followed anyone in his life, and it both frightened and excited him. 3rd Avenue isn't a dark street, and it was there in the light of a street lamp. Like a stage that she began to change. She transforms. Her long red hair changes to a spiky white blonde. Her simple dress falls away to reveal a green satin, shifting and shining with reflections. She's effectively shed her old skin and adopted a new one, right there in the middle of the empty street. In awe of the transformation, Coretti begins to follow her from bar to bar the specter, the shape-shifting phantom of the night. Cruddy watches as she meets up with a companion, a man who shares her same powers, and as the two move from disco club to jazz lounge to back alley bar, they change and change again and again, transforming perfectly to fit in with their environment, not just physically, but socially as well, always laughing the perfect amount and dancing to the music just right. If you listen in close, you might even be able to overhear them having realistic-sounding conversations. More than anything, these people simply belong. And that's exactly what Coretti is chasing after. Belonging. Coretti is an oxymoron, a linguistic professor who can talk his head off at the university about conversational openings and sequencing, but is stiff and unconvincing when chatting with strangers at bars, a man whose clothes lack the coherency to put other people at ease. He is a Martian, out of his element, a man who doesn't truly fit in anywhere, and it's in these creatures that he dubs the belonging kind that he sees some semblance of the perfect social being, and it stems from something more complex than simply wanting popularity or to be universally loved and adored by many, What Coretti seeks is total synthesis, to be a face in the crowd, to fade into the background of regular fixtures at nightly bars and socially competent strangers. 
this pursuit is oxymoronic as well. In order to partake in something innately human, social life and conversation at a respectable level, he has to become something innately unhuman. An alien partaking in the ruse that is the personification of conformity. It's through this that Gibson suggests that in order to truly become one with the charade that is fitting in with modern society, you have to be willing to lose a part of your humanity. We partake in small talk, in flirting, in everyday pleasantries, seeking validation from others as they seek validation from us. It's in interacting with these systems one might feel as though they're not truly in control, but are simply piloting on through a life most unfulfilling. Coretti chooses to abandon this monotony and become one of the belonging kind, or perhaps discovers he was one all along. It's never made expressly clear. Regardless, this story speaks volumes about the connection we make to our outside world and the failures that come about through trying to interact in. The social languages which come fluent and natural to some are completely alien to others, forcing us to search the aching corners of our mind for some piece of humanity in situations most dire. As social beings, we're all wrapped up in this desperate search, a search for our own kind, for others trapped in the constant cycle of having to lose themselves every night in order to find themselves when day draws near. A search for something, anything, even if it means losing our humanity in the process to attain it. That's something that you can only find after the third margarita and hypnotic hip-touching and orgasmic waves of dancing on the dance floor. That's something you can only find in Club Justine or Jimbo's or Sad Jack's or maybe even the Backdoor Lounge. That's something that truly puts our restless minds at ease. A semblance of belonging. Mind Theater is a solo effort produced and written by me, Ewaking Bade. For updates on the show, as well as my other content, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to show monetary support, the Ko-fi link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.